How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible, and welcome to our Week 9 postgame show. The Bears just fell to the Philadelphia Eagles by the final score of 22-14 to in a game that I can summarize as one word, being disappointing. And of course, I'm your host, Will DeWitt. Joined with me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. Do you have a one-word summary of this game? Maybe undisciplined on well, both sides, obviously offense and defensively, just Throughout the course of the game, you saw where it just was uncharacteristic. Well, maybe it is characteristic of his team now, three and five, showing these lapses. But I think uncharacteristic or undisciplined would be a great way to describe this game in one word. Yeah, I think so as well. We'll talk about uh, the lack of discipline throughout the entirety of the show, I'm assuming, because it loomed large in really all three phases when you put the entire 60 minutes together. But let's go ahead, Nick. I think we want to hopefully keep this postgame show short just because uh, you said it. Uh, week 9 is the week in which uh, the Chicago Bears season uh, honestly comes to a close 3-5. and five. Uh, that's a pretty uh, deep hole you find yourselves in. Reminds me a lot. Today it felt like a lot like 2014, uh, the Mark Trestman 3-5 and five Chicago Bears with like a lot of lack of effort and things of that nature. Maybe we'll get to that part of uh, my mind throughout this show. But jumping into the first quarter to kick things off with my monster moment of the game, it's going to have to be David Montgomery's second touchdown run uh, just because that was the point where the Bears did find themselves within a one score of this game, which was something that if you look at this first half I thought there was going to be no way in hell that the Bears find themselves with a chance to win this game so for the Bears David Montgomery his second touchdown run of the day wasn't a special play it was a run right up the gut again uh, the Bears last week with the red zone struggles uh, didn't need to do anything special today but David Montgomery at least crossing the you know the line getting points up on the board, giving the Bears uh, a five-point hole to work their way out of was great at that point. And obviously the Bears' offense, they had one more chance, didn't do anything with it. And the Bears' defense sat on the field uh, forever uh, in that fourth quarter. But if you're looking at at least one positive, I'm going to go with David Montgomery and that touchdown run, his second one specifically. But Nick, over to you for your Moriano Minute. So I think it comes on this last drive that the Eagles had Uh, where they just kept on chewing the clock and they end up with a 16 play, 69 yards, and they end with the field goal. There are three opportunities there, Will, to get get off the field for the defense, and you just cannot do it. And just like Chuck Pagano's never seen a screenplay ever before in his life. 
They kept going back to that screen mm-hmm. in third and long situations. There's a third and 12 from the Philadelphia 29-yard line. They convert. Just these screen passes that's just maybe too aggressive at times where you're bringing too many people and not being aware of the situation. The Eagles are doing that all day, and then on this final drive, it seemed like it happened three times, and you didn't even give your offense a chance. And I know the offense did nothing in that first half, but to see the defense, the strongest part of this Bears team, just let that happen, that's where I, I just have issues with that. There's no there's no reason that should be happening. It's a screen pla- screen pass, screen play. Those are not the hardest to guard. You could tell where the linemen are going, yet the Bears didn't do that. So that's where the Moriano minute kind of goes, just being how that is not guarded at, at the final crucial points of the game. Yeah, no, I can't disagree with you. That's ridiculous in terms, like you said, they've done it uh, multiple times throughout the game. And when you're in a third and 12 situation and you allow them to get that when the game's on the line, that should be an easy stop uh, for any defense. And they dink that ball like two yards down the field and allow them uh, just to run right up pretty much untouched. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, For me, going into a stat of the game, I mean, I can go positive. I can go negative. I'm probably going to go negative. Uh, I'm just going to say that the Bears, my stat of the game, is going to be the nine total yards at the end of the first half. I mean, obviously that changed a little bit. Uh, you can talk, if you want to look at a positive, you can look at the Bears in the red zone. They scored touchdowns on two of their, well, both of their trips. Uh, but more importantly, when you're looking at the Bears, I still say time of possession is probably going to be it. Uh, they had The Eagles had the ball for 40 minutes of this game compared to the Bears' 20. There's only a, it was like 40-18 for Philadelphia to 19-42 uh, for the Bears. So, I mean, that's not a lot, right, Nick? I mean, that you can talk about then. First half, that's a lot on the offense. Uh, defense didn't do many favors as well in terms of finding their way off the field, especially late in this game, like you said, that eight-minute drive where they just couldn't get off the field. And to me, it's you know, it's almost uh, it's uncalled for. Uh, the fact that they had the ball, the Eagles did, for eight minutes in that fourth quarter. There's no reason with the talent that the Bears have on defense that that should ever happen. But it did, and the offense for the Bears never even had a chance to uh, – tried to close it out uh, besides the one that he did, but they went three and out, but we're not going to talk about that. All right, Nick, over to you. Uh, do you have a midway mulligan today? Do you have anything you want to kind of take back? There's a lot that you can, uh, another week where we can say that, unfortunately, as the Bears have lost four straight, but uh, do you have a moment for your midway mulligan? I maybe I think a good way to start is again with these third quarters. This defense has given up touchdowns in the last or given up points on the first drive that the opponents have uh, in the third quarter, and that happened today where the the Philadelphia Eagles, after going into halftime twelve to zero, it's still only a two two you know possession game at that point. But then the third quarter, and I'm still I obviously I can harp on all the offensive issues. I really can, but the defense again, that's inexcusable. To give up a drive coming out of halftime, a mm-hmm. touchdown drive at that. So I think just that entire drive I'd want to do over and see if the Bears, you know, obviously that put the Bears even in a bigger hole. And then the Bears offense started to come alive. But you just cannot have that as a defensive unit. I know they're carrying the team. I, I understand that. But the third quarter to start the game off, giving up a touchdown drive, puts this team in an even worse position than it once was, 12-0 going into halftime. So that's where I would have to go for this moment. Yeah, no, that's a good one as well. I had that uh, circled as one of those key moments of the game, so I'm glad you kind of had that one on your radar as well. 
All right, well, before we enter the second quarter of our show and take a look at that Bears offense, which was beyond putrid in the first half before they came to life a little bit there in the second half, we do need to call a quick timeout as I tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It's as if they're so big they can get away with not caring about the customer experience. With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. So what makes SeatGeek better than the rest? Well, A, a quick look at the App Store shows over 50,000 five-star reviews. And obviously that's pretty great in terms of their customer satisfaction. And on top of that, SeatGeek is a better process. They pull together millions of tickets from all over the web, rate each deal on a scale to 1 to 10, And of course, one of my favorite features of the app is SeatGeek displays every ticket on an interactive seat map. SeatGeek breaks down the details. The green dots are the good deals. The red dots are the ones that are simply overpriced. I was looking at SeatGeek before this game, and of course, I have it on my phone. And I was scrolling through looking at Bears, Lions tickets. I'm sure their prices are going to go down even more so uh, throughout this week. So if you're looking to go to Soldier Field potentially to look at the Bears game, definitely check out SeatGeek as they have the tickets. Or of course, they have concerts. Uh, anything that you're looking for as well. But the best part of all is that CQ will give you $10 off your first purchase, and all you need to do, use our promo code BEARS uh, for $10 off your first purchase. That promo code, again, is BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, on SeatGeek, and you can get $10 off your first purchase. All right, you're listening to the Chicago Audible. I'm your host, I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. Again, Bears lose 22-14 to in a game that... Even though it was close uh, in terms of an eight-point game, I believe that Nick and I would both agree that it felt like a 100-point difference between these two teams at one point or another. But let's go ahead, Nick. Let's talk about this Bears offense that wasn't able to do anything in the first half. They had six plays, uh, I believe, after their first quarter. Negative one yard at the end of the first quarter. And then when you're looking at towards the the, uh, end of the half, they had nine total yards. uh, And all of those came on that two-minute drill. Uh, It still resulted in a punt. Uh, They finished that first half with 0.4 yards per play. They had one first down. And just a fun fact or a sad fact, uh, the nine yards in the first half is the Bears' fewest in over 40 years. So when you're looking at the Bears' offense in the first half, uh, what was going wrong? And I feel like maybe the easiest answer, what went right, which was nothing. But if you had to diagnose what was going wrong there for that Bears offense early on, what would that be? Uh, I would have to go with the offensive line, giving up a lot of pressure early on in that game. And that's why the offensive stats were what they were at the end of the first half, and they weren't able to get drives going. But you also have to add in Mitch Trubisky, especially at the beginning of this game, looked hesitant, looked scared, didn't look like he was had much conviction in his throws. He didn't know if he wanted to throw to certain guys. He was falling back. The mechanics failed on him. So it was a, it was a culmination of a lot of things there, Will, that really resulted in that Bears offense really doing absolutely nothing. Credit to the Bears defense for at least keeping the Eagles out of the end zone in that first half and just kind of settling for field goals except for, uh, what was it, Zach Ertz one was in the first half, correct? That push-off that wasn't mm-hmm. called. But... Yeah, I think there's just a, a lot of things that were going wrong for this for this Bears offense. And when your offensive line is consistently giving up pressure, you're having a bunch of penalties, putting you behind the chains. And the big thing here, the first third downs that they had for each offensive drive, it was third and nine, I think third and 13 or like third and six. They were long, third and yeah, long in, situation. In the first half, they were uh, their average yards to go on third down was 14.3. 
That is no recipe for success for any offense, especially for one as bad as the Bears have been all season. So that's another thing that you can just factor into why the Bears were so bad in the first half. And really, that put them in the hole. That put them in the hole, how bad they were. The defense was a little gassed a little bit, just having to continually go out there. But they did their part for the most part. And that's, I think, look, it's like one thing turns into multiple things. Mm -hmm. And we've seen this all season. We talk about the same crap every week, Will. It never gets better. And then you have spurts, little spurts here and there where the offense does stuff. But it's not consistent. They're consistently bad. They are consistently bad. And even in the second half, you look at the two touchdowns. And the second one, I take a little bit more stock in. But the first one, uh, the Bears were down by three scores. The Eagles, they weren't playing to the same level of tenacity. Uh, you know, garbage time almost. It wasn't completely garbage time yet, as the Bears still had some time to work with. But we're getting close. And I'm tired of this Bears offense, you know, struggling for an entire half, getting down by a lot, then deciding they want to show up to play. And just a little bit at that, it's still not even... Uh, really that great of uh, performance by that unit as well. But when I'm looking at this first half, you said it, they're doing things to themselves, putting themselves in negative situations, always going behind the sticks. I think Montgomery had three carries in the first half, and I wanted more. You want more. Everyone listening does. But when you're playing from behind the sticks in your you know, false starts or holdings or taking sacks, anything that puts you way behind, you can't run the football. So it just it makes it very difficult all the way around. And then when you're looking at it, offensive line was struggling. There's instant pressure uh, going on. They didn't do much when they did try to run. Uh, but then Mitch, uh, not a lot of confidence in his play, not a really good mechanics at all. He was missing a lot of throws high in that first half as well. And I think the one throw that kind of sticks out to me when I'm thinking about Mitch in that first half is that missed throw to Allen Robinson on the very first drive, running a simple out route. He didn't pull the trigger, I think, on the what the next drive when he had Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller open, saw it, and he didn't pull the trigger and ended up settling for a sack. So that's like another WTF moment. But for me, Mitch's first half was one that I hope to forget uh, because it was just that bad all the way around. I mean, can you find any positives? And again, you can take in play calling. You can take in the offensive line. But for him as a quarterback, I saw none of that passion or that fun at all, like out of the gate, which I thought we're maybe going to see. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. There are no positives from that first half. There's nothing that you can take away from that game and say, hey, we could build off of this. No, there absolutely isn't. The offensive line didn't block anybody, didn't give Mitch time to throw. When he had time to throw, his footwork failed him again. He didn't. He looked lost. The receivers are dropping passes. It's like all these things that could have gone wrong did. And I, I think you just you throw away that entire half of offensive football. And again, the Bears just had to look at another half, another you know two quarters where they just didn't do anything, and that's inexcusable. Matt Nagy is not getting his players prepared for these games. And he talks all he talks all these things. They're looking at the Washington Nationals, how they, you know, turn their season around and stuff like that. It's all talk. You have to be about it at some point. And this whole entire culture, this good culture that's in the Bears locker room, it's gonna turn. There's no doubt about it because that's what losing does. I don't care how good of a group of guys you have. Mm-hmm. When that defense is looking at that offense, like you guys just you guys suck. We can't keep doing this consistently day out and look they gave it up at the end there but that's gonna it's a recipe for disaster it's gonna happen at some point and we're just kind of waiting for it for it to happen and that's what happens to three and five football teams where their season officially finally a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds meet the ergo smart base from tempur 
our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. And at week nine against the Eagles, a team that did just last season as well. So we're just waiting. I'm waiting, Will, to write something about this, but it's going to happen at some point. Yeah, and it makes matters worse when aspirations were you know, sky high at the start this the season. The season, Will. We were at the convention. Everybody was anticipating great things to happen, and we're, look at where we're at right now. Yeah, and again, I mean, it seems like every week I'm seeing a tweet from some sort of reference like uh, ESPN Stats and Info or the Bears PR themselves, but all these franchise lows, you know, franchise low running attempts a few weeks ago. Today was, the, like I said, the nine yards in the first half. was like the fewest we've had in a half in like 40 years. The Bears did better in that infamous Jimmy Clausen game than they were able to do in offense in that first half. It's sad. It's pathetic. It's... We can sit here and talk about everything that's wrong. Uh, Rashad Coward, I mean, we're missing Kyle Long as much as that hurts to say because, you know, he was a weakness. Rashad Coward's not any better. He's on his ass more than anything. I haven't seen anything going through his direction. Uh, you know, another game where you can't even get Trey Burton going. You can't get anybody into any was group. Alan Robinson. No, Trey Burton, he's not here. He's not doing anything. One Alan Robinson, oh. he had his – uh, worst game, and I feel bad because he's. I'm not going to harp on him because he does seem like sometimes still the only guy really giving a damn and trying. But a couple of those plays were the ones that, you know, his uh, heel was out of bounds. I never saw the replay, so I would like to see it. It was one of those that uh, was right after another bad call. I'm like, really? Uh, and then on top of that, too, the one down the sideline that just popped out. It's another play that you just are used to him making, but he didn't, which is just uh, goes to show what kind of game the Bears were having on offense. But I don't know how deep we want to get into all the issues or what went wrong. And the only thing we can even say what went right in the second half was what, Nick? Balance? Like actually running the ball, staying ahead of the sticks, and you know making a couple easy throws. I mean, the one to, uh, what, David Montgomery, the biggest play of the game? Uh, but Okay, Taylor Gabriel had a longer one. But the one down the scene to Montgomery was wide open. And Mitch's throw to Gabriel was another one that was pretty open, and that bad throw, throw allowed that safety to get back into the play. That should have been a touchdown to Gabriel as well. So it's as much as you see some positives, they're small, and then if you look at them from a different lens, they become negatives really quickly. Yeah, so I guess if we're going to talk about positives, like anyone really wants to hear about this, uh, on that eight-play, 58-yard touchdown drive that ended with uh, Montgomery scoring, the Bears ran it four times. They passed it four times. That balance that we were talking about on their previous touchdown drive, seven plays, 75 yards. They ran the ball six times, one for Trubisky, four for Montgomery, and one with Tariq Cohen up the middle on the goal line situation trying to jump over. Why in why, why does that make sense? It, it shouldn't. Tariq Cohen, your smallest player jumping over six foot and plus offensive lineman, defensive lineman from you know two yards out, absolutely makes no sense the Bears you know still end up scoring but it's just like those questionable play calls that you just don't understand from Matt Nagy and look I was just this is supposed to be something positive I turned it completely negative real quick here but I guess it was just the, the running setting up the pass and like you said on that Taylor Gabriel throw lead it out in front that's a touchdown Alan or Alan Robinson should have made that catch uh when it's on the right sideline but he's separating from his defender he has to slow down. 
because of Mitch Trubisky's underthrow. It's a catch that we've seen Allen Robinson make. No doubt he needs to catch that. But just throw it out in front. You don't worry about that. So it's like these little things again and again that just come up consistently with this entire Bears team that make you see why they're a bad football team. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't even know where I want to take this thing right now. And, you know, I can sit here and I can get as mad as I want about Mitch and his performance, his lack of mechanics, his lack of confidence or conviction out there. And I don't know. I, do you think that all the offensive lethargicism starts and ends with 10? Or is it the head coach? Is it a combination of the two? Because even though they were, you know, fighting back a little bit here in the second half, I mean, just how bad they were in that first half, you can't, you can't let that slide. Uh, at one bit, they didn't do. They had no energy. They didn't seem like they wanted to uh, be there. I tweeted and I said, like, it seems like they're just here to collect their paycheck, and that is it today. And I, where do you think that comes from? Is it a lack of leadership, accountability? Is that in the head coach? Is that on the quarterback? I mean, where would you kind of want to place them to blame? Is it on the individual players or everybody? Because no one looked like they wanted to be there in that first half of this game. No, yeah, I completely agree. And you know what? It probably starts at the top with, you know, Matt Nagy, but I just watched a very inspiring – I don't know if you guys have seen this. Drew Brees had a video where he went to the Purdue locker room, and he gave a, a, a speech. And I wanted to run through a brick wall for Purdue football just after listening to Drew Brees. So quarterbacks have that effect on people to where if you believe in a certain guy, you believe in your leader, the guy that's going to go out and make plays – in your quarterback, then you have a chance as a team. I don't think, I don't think the rest of the locker room really has a you know a belief in number ten over here, and he's still trying to prove himself. How can he try to prove to others when he can't even prove it to himself that he can play good football? So I think that it maybe is a little bit more on Mitch, but it could go hand in hand with Matt Nagy, who's giving you this bullcrap you know talk. That he's ready for, you know, we're ready for this game. Oh, the players came up to me saying, we got you, coach. You don't got them, though. That's the thing. So it goes both ways. I'm losing my voice here just talking about it. I can tell. you, And I know you're going on CLTV here in a bit, so we got to make sure to keep you nice and calm and uh, that voice a little bit rested. But, no, Nick, I agree with you. I think it really does come down to 10. Uh, When you look at any of the great quarterbacks in the NFL, I mean, they're tremendous leaders as well as players. And I don't know right now if Mitch has – uh, either of those qualities. Maybe he's, a, I mean, he's a good guy, you know, and he cares and that's okay. But like, he's not inspiring. Like, did you see the tweet the bears did of like him in the huddle with like the other receivers before the game? It was like no, a little what, video. What uh, just like, uh, you know, I forget something like at all costs or something along those lines, but he's just giving a speech and it just sounds like he's just talking, you know, all right, got to go out there. Uh, we're going to do our job and uh, you know, at all costs. And I'm like, that's, that's not inspiring. Like you got to have some energy, some edge, you know, some edge to you. I don't feel an edge. I don't see an edge, and I think that's what this offense is missing, uh, on top of some coaching, uh, but some edge as well in terms of some attitude. And I'm not seeing it from ten. I'm not seeing it from anyone in this offense. And there's times too. You said you don't know if people are believing in him. I mean, when he's getting down, are you seeing offensive linemen pick him up? Uh, I rarely do, and that's usually when quarterbacks, good leaders, like they run there, they get there first to get him up. And then all the sacks that they're taking too, well, Mitch is, or not making the throws, and you have receivers just having their hands up in the air. I mean, those are some, you know, some nonverbal cues of maybe where he's starting to stand with some of these players. But 
Yeah, uh, that half today, I mean, it was one that, uh, like I said, I wish I can forget, but I never will. So that's going to be quite unfortunate for my brain. Anything else on the offense you want to talk about? Because, like I said, even what went right in the second half, the two drives that went right, it wasn't anything fancy. It wasn't anything special. And maybe that's what the Bears need to figure out what to do. But the only time they were able to do anything is when they got out of their own way, which I told you this on Thursday, Nick. I said the Bears play two opponents. Every week, they play their, the team they're going up against, and then they also play against themselves. And today, uh, they had a trouble stopping either. Yeah, they sure did. Um, I guess last – so here's something to take away the, for this Bears offense on a positive note. They made it to the red zone twice, and they actually converted twice. We saw what happened last week. They made it five times and only scored, what, one, one touch or whatever it was. Terrible. And at least they, they moved in a better direction. But no, this offense continually gets more issues than it gets answers for the previous ones. And we're just going through a cycle of just endless, repetitive, mm-hmm. bad football. That's what it is. That's what it is. And Matt Nagy can go. I don't know what he's saying at the podium right now. Probably had a great week of practice. He didn't translate in the field. Mitch uh, liked his decisions, backing him up. Oh, we're going to rebound adversity. Shut up. Like, I'm so over it at this point, Will, to where Matt Nagy's going to go up there, give his little, you know, post-game speech like he will. Mitch Trubisky will go up there as well. The season's over. Just, it's over. There's nothing that's going to come out positive from this season because the only thing that is going to happen, the offense will continue to play bad. You're going to get these defensive guys even more tired throughout the course of the season. Guys are going to maybe get injured. It's like, it's a rest, like I said this earlier, it's a recipe for disaster. Because it is. There's no nothing good that's going to come out of it. And that's where we're at at this point in this 2019 season with so many expectations. We're not going to see half of them even, um, you know, come to fruition here. Yeah. I can't I can't even I can't even find a positive like to even like write home about right now on this offense. It's really bad. They don't have an identity. Uh, obviously, they can adjust the identity week by week, but they can't even figure out what they want to do. Uh, they can't get out of their own way. Uh, they don't have no energy. They can't push the ball down the field. And they do, okay, they get a couple, maybe a big play here or there, but they can't continually push it you know, past the sticks. There's a lot of dinking and dunking and short passes. And I said this a few weeks ago, but even if you're making those catches, and I know David Montgomery had that one crucial drop uh, that kind of did end that drive, but even when they're making those catches, they don't really have the playmaking ability to shed tackles. They're allowing too many one-on-one tackles on the outside and the perimeter when they do that. So, yeah, I'm really at a loss to find anything positive. I saw someone in here, I think uh, I think his name was Andy. Well, it was like when we started the show in the chat. Someone was like, I really miss Brandon's voice right now, the voice of Brandon's voice of reason. And I'm like, I kind of need some of that too right now on the show. I don't know if Brandon would have it at this point seeing Same, this team right? right now. I think that voice of reason has gone and become irrelevant just like the Bears have. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, at least my uh, I did say that David Montgomery is going to have twice the amount of touchdowns as Jordan Howard, and that came true. That's my positive. <laughs> there you go. He sure did. But that was about it. Jordan <laughs> Howard was running the ball pretty well today. You know, leaning forward. I, we'll talk about the defense, but – yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's just quit talking about that offense. Uh, I don't think they deserve any more of our time and effort today. So moving into the third quarter of our show, Nick, now it's perfect time. Let's talk about that defense. A ton of penalties, ton of issues on third down late in this game. They did a really good job 
uh, on third down to start this game. I believe they were the Eagles were two of eight on third down in the first half. And then the Bears allowed six third down conversions in the second half on defense, uh, three of which on the drive that you just said, which was the final one in the game where the Eagles just held onto the ball for over eight minutes in the fourth quarter. And that's nuts. Like whenever you look at a team trying to ice a game, you don't really think they can really control the clock for an entire eight minutes. And then you watch it happen. And it's torturous because you just want to get off the field. You just want your offense to get a chance. And you just can't get off the field. You allow them to get... Uh, back into it. And then the one with McManus, who was guarding Ertz, McManus allowing a big-time catch against the Eagles was a nice little throwback, I guess, to the wild card game. But, yeah, where do you want to start in defense? Because, again, there were some issues in the first half with penalties. And then in the second half, uh, they did get a little energized from the offense for a couple of series. And then they just got tired, and they couldn't get off the field. And they would get into third downs. Like we said, they would get them in a position. And then – out they go. And again, I know the Eagles are really good on third down uh, this season. I said they were the fifth best team on third down, uh, and that came to fruition here in the fourth quarter. But where do you want to begin? So, I mean, let's start at the beginning of this game where this defensive line is just getting pushed and bullied uh, from this mm-hmm. Eagles offensive line. The Eagles are able to drive, but luckily the Bears defense is able to you know, bend, not break, and only settle for field goals. But then it was really the start of that third quarter, that, that touchdown, or even the Ertz touchdown. But Really, this defensive line for majority of the game was not playing stout, not playing, uh, not holding ground. It was only a little bit in that second half where they, at times, were able to get off the field. But then we talk about that eight-minute drive at the end where they couldn't. And once those defensive linemen don't do their job, did you see what happened on that Jordan Howard run? What happened to Roquan Smith? Yeah, he He, got eaten alive. He got eaten alive. So if it starts, it starts up front with the Bears defense. If they are not able to occupy their gaps, not allow, uh, you know, offensive linemen to get to that second level, that's where this Bears defense is vulnerable. And that's why the teams that have run successfully on them, that's what they've done. They just bullied them up front. And that's where you look, Akeem Hicks's injury, it's huge in the middle. And then when Eddie Goldman went out for a little mm-hmm. bit with that knee injury, you are just asking for backups to really play vital roles in for a team and against an opponent that likes to run the ball effectively on early down. So it was just not set up for the Bears to have much success, and that's why you have Jordan Howard having 19 carries, 82 yards, and a touchdown. Miles Sanders, he didn't have as many carries, but he was effective on the ground. And also in the passing game, that third and 12 play that we talked about in that last defensive drive for the Bears, killer. It was a killer reception where Danny Trevathan just loses him. So, again, there's a bunch of different things. There's pass interference calls. I think Prince of Mukamura had a pretty good game today, actually, out of looking that consists like the whole group. He had yep. a pretty good game. But, yeah, there's just uh, there's things on each level where you can really look at that the Bears defense, even though, yeah, they gave up 22 points, they did, I would say they did their job up until that last drive where they just couldn't get off the field. Yeah, uh, they did a good job in the first half, even though the Eagles were moving the ball a lot. Uh, in the first half, they did uh, hold the Eagles in the red zone, uh, forcing them to settle for field goals, which is a big plus if you're looking for a positive. But yeah, Nick, I think you hit the... Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. 
For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Nail, uh, the head of the nail with the hammer, whatever that phrase is. I never get that one right, and I think I try it on the show like once every three months. But uh, when you're losing a guy like an Akeem Hicks and an Eddie Goldman, I do believe the Bears' uh, defensive line, how they're just pushed around, bullied, manhandled, whatever you know, adjective you want to throw out there, it was it was it leads to bad things. It's just really simple. When you lose the battle in the trenches, you allow them to get that much push. You allow those big of you know holes or even cutback lanes. You're not as gap sound as you should be. I mean, you're just going to allow big plays uh, on the ground. You're going to allow big plays through the air because we don't have much of a pass rush. It came in spurts today, but it wasn't enough to really be super impactful in this game. And then on top of that, they allowed so many first downs today, Nick. It was, uh, I think it was, what, 26 first downs, uh, 16 of it through the air, 7 on the ground, 3 of them from penalties, which 3 of them, uh, those were all pretty big penalties um, as well, but... Yeah, this was one where the defense, I thought I was going to see a little bit more out of them. I didn't expect that the Eagles were going to be able to uh, move the ball as efficiently as they were able to on the ground. And a testament to their offensive line, I said they're, on Thursday they were one of the better units. And we knew that the Bears defense just had a good game in terms of stopping the Chargers on the ground. So we got a little bit confident in it. But uh, Jordan Howard's revenge game proved to be you know 82 yards, one touchdown on 19 carries. He had a couple of catches too. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those games where you look at this entire thing and yeah, they had some couple of good drives, but when they couldn't get off the field and all the penalties, it's, it's just too much to overcome, especially with our offense. Yeah. And, and you're on the road too. And when the defense is having these offsides, these encroachments on deep, like you can't have that. I think Aaron Lynch comes out on the very first play of the game. When he comes into the game offsides, it's like, you can't you cannot have that at all because again the Eagles are a very good team especially when they're in shorter yard situations that converting and you're just giving them free yards at that point so you just can't have that happen Nick Williams with the you know the um ex, you know uh the penalty where hitting where he hit Wentz late like it's these stupid penalties that yeah. have ha- been happening all season for this Bears defense when you really think about it but yeah and, and then guys like Eddie Jackson well, I don't even know that he's really out there. He made a couple of plays where he's like tackling people, but he's not the impact player that he was all season ago. And for a defense that has regressed uh, from, especially from last season, especially in terms of turnovers, again, uh, no turnovers caused in this game for the Bears defense. You need guys like that to step up. He's the one who gives up the big catch to Alshon Jeffrey on that last drive there, and you need those guys. He's not there. He's not playing as well as you would like him to play and again that's why this defense uh at times will give up those crucial crucial points in the game again after carrying the offense the entire game that's it kind of it happens it's it's a trickle down effect really so that's why this this bears team is not set up for success they have three wins on the three and five right i'm looking yeah, at the schedule right when now when you don't even know when you don't even know yeah. They, three wins. Okay, they lost to Philadelphia. You have Detroit. No gimme. At Los Angeles. New York Giants. Is this another shaping up to be a 3-13 and season, the way they are playing? I, I was going to say, do you think they can even get five wins? I don't know. With the way they're playing on offense and with the defense eventually giving up points, you don't need much points to beat the Bears. 
You just need to – what teams need to do is just they have to survive that little spurt that the Bears have will have on offense at times. They had a quarter against the Washington Redskins. They have, what, a quarter here against the Philadelphia Eagles. That's all teams need to do is if you can, you know, outlast that, you'll beat the Bears. That's all it takes. So this team, this could be an absolute disaster in terms of the, you know, win and loss column because there's no gimmies on the rest of the schedule. The only one that I'm really looking at that maybe – is the New York Giants. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like trying to find like, uh, you know, where the, the everything kind of went wrong. And it, like I said, first two series of the game, okay, they, you allow them to march. I mean, the first two series of the game, uh, for Philadelphia and offense, they had the ball over 13 minutes, but you only gave up six points. And you're like, okay, you can live with that. Uh, but then they follow that up with a touchdown. And then the defense kind of gets back. You force a few punts. Great. You start the second half. You allow a long touchdown drive of 84 yards. Or a real easy one where Philadelphia was able to do whatever they wanted. Uh, and then from there, you get a few stops. The offense comes back. And then, again, the biggest one. 16 plays, 69 yards, 8 minutes is how you want to end this game on defense. Uh, you know, defensive line didn't do their job there. They're obviously trying to milk the clock. Linebackers, too, though, both Roquan and Danny Trevathan, uh, they had a hard time getting off blocks due to the Eagles' ability to reach that second level. But like you said, Roquan was getting eaten alive. Danny Trevathan couldn't shed a block. And it wasn't even stopping the run, but all those short passes to, like, a Miles Sanders. I mean, that was killing us, and a lot of that is on the linebackers, too. So, yeah. I'm again just like the offense, Nick. This is a week where I'm I'm just lost for words. I feel like we've been singing the same old song, the same tune here uh, for now uh, four games straight. Uh, in terms of hey, they were close, but close doesn't cut it. And this isn't horseshoes. This is football, and you know that was within uh, a score, but you don't have an opportunity to even win this game. So another game where they're close, uh, but they. You know, all the mistakes, all the penalties was enough to make sure you don't have a chance to win this game. And I'm starting to get pissed off. Yeah, I, I think fans should be at that point where you hear your coach or quarter, the quarterback of the team saying all saying every, all the great things, you know, great things that you want to hear. But when it comes out to Sundays, nothing is translating. It's a, another abysmal half of offensive football, the defense carrying the team. Like, at what point? Does Matt Nagy, you know, he's on the short end of the leash here because it, I know I've been, you know, outspoken on my thoughts on Trubisky, but Matt Nagy really, uh, outside of his, you know, fantastic first year, what has he done this? Se- he hasn't done he hasn't done anything this season. Let's be completely honest. On offense, they are one of the worst units in the NFL by far. He doesn't know when to run the football. He doesn't commit to it. He's not. He doesn't put Trubisky on enough plays where he moves the pocket, gets on rollouts. It's like, at what point should you, should he not be? Um, obviously, people are critical of him, but I don't know. Will it's like if this is the guy that is supposed to lead your team, and at every point in every season there's going to be adversity, he doesn't know how to handle it whatsoever. That shouldn't give Bears fans any confidence moving forward because you already know there's going to be more of it this season there's no hope for anything salvageable so i don't know it could be one of these seasons where you lose a head coach a quarterback i doubt that happens but it's not looking good for either of those two guys we went back to offense somehow i'm sorry it, it, it all starts <laughs> with that offense it's okay i was just like well, wait a minute and i'm sitting here but i mean we can talk about Nagy. honestly we can talk about coaching here because there are a few situations 
uh, that I'm confused that he ended up, you know, punting it when you're on the plus side, the, you know, you're in plus territory, you're in a fourth and six. Uh, there's a couple of different times today. You didn't go for a two point conversion. So you could have made it where you go for two touchdowns and a field goal to tie it back when the Eagles only had 19. I mean, there's a lot of coaching decisions here that still make you scratch your head. And this has been another common theme that we've been talking through all season. Uh, what's your take on him reaching out to Andy Reid for some advice about how to get this offense going? That worries me. Uh, Clearly, you know, pe- he needs it. He needs Clearly, it. He needs it. He needs guidance from somebody who knows how to run offensive plays in an offensive system because he has no idea how to do it. I think when you really think about it, even 2018, the defense covered up for that offense that really wasn't very good. The Bears scored a lot on defense last season, and they were one of the worst teams running the ball in terms of yards per carry last year. Well, guess what? It's the same crap this season. So you have to reach out to people that know how to do it. Obviously, being a mentor that Andy Reid is, I, I wouldn't doubt that he calls him again like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm losing every losing the locker room. Well, look, Bears fans, we're screwed. I don't know. It, it doesn't look good. At least, I mean, everyone needs help at some point, right? Everyone does. I get where he's coming from. But you need to be able to have the the – answers to these questions for your team and he clearly does it because each week there's another issue with this bears offense is it a talent issue is it a quarterback issue is it a play calling competency issue it's all of it because i feel like at one point we see a little bit of everything yeah i think we do see a little bit of everything but even john fox's unit in 2017 looked better than what this has this overall this season at three and what was it? No, that wasn't three and 13, whatever it was like they had no receivers. Well, but yet they were able to move the ball. Sometimes they ran the ball with Jordan Howard. You have the talent. I don't want to hear people say that they don't have the talent. They don't have the talent at the quarterback position and probably right guard right now, but they have the talent offensively. You have receivers, you have running backs that are capable. So really, I think it's Matt Nagy's questionable, questionable play calling and not having a quarterback that can really execute it to the best of your ability or to his ability. So, yeah, I think they have the talent, but we've seen offenses do less or do more with less. I almost switched that around there. But, yeah, <laughs> so I, I that's my take on that. Yeah, and again, I mean, if you want to take it all the way back, you can talk about, you know, leadership and energy like we talked about earlier as well. But, uh, yeah, there's just a lot going on wrong for me. Uh, it's like, yeah, I, I understand that coaches do reach out to one another in this league, but when he is a Andy Reid, you know, prodigy and comes under the tree and, you know, you never heard it from last year. You never heard, oh, I'm calling Andy. And now that, you know, everything's falling apart, you get the report like, oh yeah, he even reached out to Andy Reid for some advice, which is scary because I think in his position, he should be able to be his own man and be him and want to, you know, believe in his own uh, system here. And, but when he's not able to figure it out, and he's looking out elsewhere when he has a room of like a Mark Helfrich and guys like that, and they can't figure it out themselves. That's a problem, and I think this. Uh, I think we're we know it's a problem. We've seen the problem uh, here for the entire entirety of the uh, the season. Heck, we saw it in training camp. We just saw the Bears defense being so good. No, the offense is just bad. Ah, uh, man. Uh, so getting back to the defense, uh, heck, Chuck Pagano uh, and the defense in general, uh, play calling on their end. I mean, there's times where that's even starting to get a little bit questionable too, right? Yeah, I would I would have to say so. It's just um, we don't see, I think, enough 
blockbuster screen blitzes. You see too many blitzes at the end there. You don't see you don't see how they don't stop a screen pass on consecutive third down opportunities on on that last drive there for the Eagles. It seems pretty straightforward, but they outsmarted Chuck Pagano. So yeah, it's just again, I think when one thing goes bad, everything eventually goes bad. And you're really seeing it now on this defense to where there are these crucial points in the game. They just can't come up with that play they used to like they used to in 2018. That's that's like the biggest thing now. That defense last year really bailed out this Bears team. And now it's not doing that. And now you see all the things that are wrong with the Bears. And look, even ah, well, we're, I was going to go to special teams real quick because we're going to head there. It's yeah, special, look, I don't get it, Will, how it's so hard to draw up how to block, uh, you know, not to have your punt blocked. It was almost that punt, uh, O'Donnell had it blocked. Again, it was the same kind of stuff where someone comes up free up the middle. It's like, Tabor, you have one job, and you suck at it, but just get that corrected at some point. It's every single week. I tweeted out, how many times are we going to see a punt blocked or almost blocked every single game? It's That's how you know there's dysfunction on this team, that you can't get little things right like that and of course, it's going to be on the defense, the offense, special teams. It's all that's that's the culture. That's the culture of the Bears right now. I don't want to hear positivity because it's not it. It's these things where you can't solve little problems, and they become the bigger issues come Sunday, and then everyone gets to see it. Everyone gets to see the dysfunction, and that's the problem with the Bears. They just can't solve the little things. You know, you're not wrong. Uh, there are a lot of little things that are just floating out there in all three phases that, like you said, they just can't uh, figure out how to get them corrected. And uh, that's coaching, and that's accountability, and that's discipline. And right now, uh, you have to question the Bears uh, and really in all three categories. I'm just sitting here reflecting, Nick. Like, the window in the NFL is so small, so short. And like when you think about it, like, last year could have been our chance for some time. It could yeah. have been. And we we thought this was going to be our season where it would be everything comes together. But, yeah, that, that 2018 season was special. It really was. <laughs> and then, like, you know, you can talk about all the coaches. Like, Harry Heastan, like, is he having the impact that we think he should be having with that offensive line unit? I don't think so. And I'm and not that I'm questioning maybe the specific like, the position switch between uh, Whitehair and Daniels, but just more. Like, the, the tackles aren't playing up to what they're used to. I don't – to me, it's, there's just so much that just smells rotten here. Like everything, like where you look, you can look at every position group, see regression. You can look at every person, and you can see regression. There's not one player on this team that I think is playing better than they were last year. Would you agree? I would have to agree with that, yeah. And that, that goes to, like, can Matt Nagy develop and continue to develop talent? We saw what happened his first year. Things were going well. Everything looks, you know, smells peachy, whatever the phrase is. Uh, Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. But, yeah, developing talent is a huge thing in the NFL to get guys better for the next season. Like you said, there isn't probably one player on this entire team that has gotten better. 
They've all gotten worse. Or you've okay. Taken How about Allen Robinson? How about Allen Robinson? So I think he was a good player. He's just getting back from an injury. He was right. always a good player, but yeah, that's that's probably the one guy you could say. Yeah, he's probably taking his game another level just because he's been healthy. I think if he was healthy going into this 2018, we would have seen the same results because he's mm-hmm. fantastic. But yeah, everybody else has taken a step back, and that's really concerning. If you're Bears fan, Bears the Bears organization, and just us right here on this podcast talking yeah. about this Bears team, that's scary to think about. <sighs> um, I'm at a point where I don't know where if I want to take this thing anywhere else. Like like we said, we've been uh, singing the same tune for a while. It's just starting to get to a point where I'm just more mad than upset. Like last week I was upset. Last week you should have had the win. This week, from the moment we started this game, it felt like they didn't show up to play. Uh, that to me is alarming for multiple reasons. Uh, and like I said, that's what makes me feel like 2014, uh, where the team just checked out because the Bears were three and five, and I think they had their bye week, and then they ended up winning two of the remaining six, and they lost like the last like five games of the season. We're sitting here with a four-game losing streak in the middle of you know right smack dab in the middle of the season, and the hard part of the schedule is what we're entering, and we just had the four-game losing streak, and. It doesn't look like it's going to get any easier. Don't know when that's going to be ending. Nick, you said it. It's hard to lose four straight games in the NFL. The Bears make it look easy. <laughs> they make it look easy because they like to shoot themselves in the foot every way that they can, and that's uh, that's will not help you win football games. So, yeah, uh, I think here's a, a comment here. It's over. Accept it, guys. Oh, we've accepted it. <laughs> don't don't you worry, <laughs> Lushy Loon. Uh, yeah, we've accepted it. Uh, we knew coming into this one, it had the Bears, it, you know, Bears lose to the Eagles. Basically, the season's over, and it essentially is. You're now, I, I don't even know what Minnesota did today. I, I don't know if they won or lost, but yeah, it's it's just not a not very good spot to be. And but that's the reality of the situation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's reality, and we can just go ahead. I just want to just jump in. Let's just do. Uh, two minute warning. I don't even think we need to, you know, sit there and talk about special teams. I can, I can question Tariq Cohen and his returning uh, chances. You know, taking the ball out from like the five and uh, running backwards when he already gains four yards just to go back to the thirty yard line. So you ruin all the positive yards to get there. Uh, and other, you know, talk about Adam Shaheen at the end of the game. If you really want to, but I don't want to. Uh, but this is this wrap up our thoughts in this game. Look forward uh, to the rest of the year, which I'm going to say look forward in terms of a reality standpoint because it's ahead of us. Not looking forward to it because I'm excited about it. Yeah, no, that's a good way of putting it. Well, um, I'll start it here. And before I go into that, uh, if you guys still have questions about this team, and feel I, I don't blame you if you don't. We're still doing the audio mailbag, maybe, depending on if we get questions this week. Uh, you can do that by calling our number, 872-240-4007. Again, that number is 872-240-4007. Charlie and I would like to do it, maybe. I don't know. I should talk to him about this first. But we will take questions uh, if you have them. But now going into my two-minute warning, just wanted to give that out. Yeah, the Bears are the Bears are done. This, this season will end up in an obvious failure, especially with the expectations coming into the season. They're too far behind a lot of good NFC teams right now. I mean, this is a stretch where they needed to be, they need to win. 
look, you have the Philadelphia Eagles who are going to be fighting, if not for the, the NFC East title, maybe a wild card spot. You have Detroit, who has looked good. It looked way better than the Bears have this season. And the Los Angeles Rams, who look like they're not going to win their division because of how good the 49ers have been. So there are teams that are coming up in the schedule. Obviously, I don't I don't really expect wins from them. The Bears are just going to keep going down further in the basement of the NFC North, of the NFC, of the power rankings, of football, really. And they had a season, you guys. They had a season last year that ended up with a double doink. And now it ends again by the same exact team because I think this really does it. Again, there's too many questions still on the offense. The defense showed, again, you can't count on them all game. And that's that's perfectly fine. You shouldn't have to because, again, the offense does not carry their weight at all. At, at all. That first half was, I think, arguably the worst first half of football, offensive football I've ever seen. And you mentioned, Will, the Jimmy Clausen game. I think they were a bit better, which is sad. So, again, 2019 – uh, high expectations. We looked really, we really look forward to it, but we're at a point where it is over. And I get to go talk about this on TV later today. I don't even know what the hell I'm going to talk about. I really don't. But that's it. I'm done, and we'll do this next week. Will? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, you know, you really frame it in a way that I'm excited. I look forward to uh, all of this. But yeah, Nick. I mean, similar boat as you, right? It's like I, I, there's no way you spin this into a positive. There's no way you look at this game or the last stretch of games and you try to find a you know a silver lining or a sliver of hope because there is no hope. The Bears, uh, they've checked out. They're literally like they don't give a shit. I'm gonna be honest. They don't. They don't play like it. They don't speak like it. I'm over it. Uh, I'm over all the effort that you know we put into this. And I'm not saying you know they owe us anything. They don't. But I'm saying like we put in a lot of effort for this. It's getting harder week by week to keep up all the momentum. But uh, for me, it's this game uh, that does it for me in this season. You know, a few weeks ago, I hit the panic button. Uh, I think I was right to hit the panic button when I did uh, because I haven't seen anything yet to prove me otherwise. But what it comes down to for the rest of the year is, you know, what kind of team do you want to be? Do you want to be the team that rolls over and you tank? Okay, great. And I don't know why you don't have draft picks. So it doesn't even matter. So, or do you want to at least try to salvage or maybe play the spoiler role? And it's sad. It's the first week of November and we're already talking about end of year, playing the spoiler role and just packing it in. Uh, so that's not anywhere what we expected this team to be. But I'm um, at three and five. I mean, the best you can end up is at 11 and five, but you're not winning the remaining eight games. This team is not a good team. Uh, they're always on the wrong side of this and they're always close games. So they're close. They have the talent, but due to coaching, uh, they're, and some, you know, that's not their inability to fall through. The bears are not a good team. Uh, if they were a good team, they would have won last week. If they're a good team, they would have won this week. If they're a good team, they would have found a way to win in Oakland. They're not a good team. Uh, and we can't act like they are at this point. So for me, uh, yeah, Nick, I'm at the point where we just got to get through it and <laughs> we got to go week by week. Uh, you know, pull our teeth and get this thing done so we can get into an offseason, which I don't know if this thing's easily fixable. And I don't know if I'm starting to lose faith in Nagy as the guy uh, because, you know, he can be motivational, but it seems like it when he's that way when they're winning, but when they're losing, it's not coming across in the right way. And I don't know if he has 
uh, the gumption to make some big moves or to make some make some big decisions because he's proven to of cowardice all season long in his in-game management. Uh, not you know in in terms of you know, I don't you know the kneel last week, maybe not making a quarterback change this week at halftime. You know, and it's something he says he'll never do. Uh, so to me, to be that stubborn and that you know cowardly, uh, it's starting to. Uh, stick in my crawl just a little bit. So I'm losing faith uh, in the direction in which his ship is heading. And like I said, there's not a lot of cap room. A lot of that money is tied up. Not a lot of draft capital. I don't know, Nick. I just don't know where the thing's going to go. And it's pretty damn scary. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Chicago Audible. Uh, I want to thank everyone who did tune into the show. Again, whether if you're here on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, or amongst everyone across the globe listening to the podcast, we really do appreciate each and every one of you. I'm sure you have more uh, important things to do on a Sunday afternoon uh, after watching that Bears loss. Hang out with us, but we really do appreciate you doing just that. Uh, We'll be back here in just a few days to begin preparations for the divisional contest as the Bears will be hosting Uh, the Detroit Lions in a week. Uh, But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down!